So the thinking face. So the thinking face is when you can tell that somebody is intrinsically motivated and they're they're in. So we're go, dealing with the student now that is like fully on board. They want to get better. They they like the game. They they like the coach, and you and you've described something or they're working on a technique or a concept. Do you know what it, do you get? Are you leaving the space? Are you accounting for the processing space that they need? And can you identify what they look like when they're thinking? That I think is a skill set. And you have to, I think you have to be able to, you have to be really careful here because sometimes when people are thinking, they're making a weird face (laughs) and it could be that you're misreading it as displeasure. Well, some people call that a, a resting B-I-T-C-H face. You ever hear that? Someone's like, oh, I have a resting. No, I haven't heard that. A resting bitch face. No, I haven't. That? No, I haven't. Yeah, so it looks like they're unhappy. Like when they're right. actually just. They talked about this in that psychological study that was done. And I, I can't, I, I have to go back and figure out who to reference it to. But in essence, this was all around peak performance and developing um, yourself at your best. And they go back to the girl who's playing, um, uh, like, a, <clears throat> I think it's a Woody Herman clarinet piece and she's playing it and she's not she, by her own omission. She's not a great player. The clarinet was not that big of a deal for her. She wasn't wowed by it, <clears throat> the whole thing. And she sits there and she makes these and they videotaped her. She agreed to be videotaped and they videotaped her learning this, the first, you know, like four or eight bars of this tune. And she was making a face. She would play it and she'd struggle and then she'd make a face and then she'd struggle some more and she'd play some more and then she backed off and she had no particular musical talent and she had no perfect pitch, whatever. And she stayed there and she wrestled with it and she wasn't like happy. Like we've all got this associated. Everybody's got to be happy while they're doing it. Happy. <laughs> you know what I mean? But it's a struggle. How many people are happy doing 10 push ups for the first time when they've never done them? They're not making a smiling face, but they know that it's good for their body and they know that they're trying to accomplish something. <laughs> right. Woo, you see, that was so fun. I just did 10 push ups. Right. That's the best. Right. Man. Or 50 sit ups or, 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 or five chin ups. Yeah, no, la- no one's laughing. Right. Guffawing. <laughs> right. But I think we've got this sort of false expectation that people should be like, a happy face, you know, like, oh, I'm learning to play this song. And so I'm, are we confusing you know. satisfaction and accomplishment yeah. with fun and happiness? We are putting the wrong word, like that, that satisfaction and accomplishment is fun and happiness in a different, it has a different look to it. And that's, there we go. That's the expression, expression. The expression. I think that makes sense. That's that's what I'm talking about. Can and that took me a while to figure out with people, with my students. I ask them, "How do you learn?" Is one question I ask. What's the best way in which you learn? And then, two, I have to, then I don't ask them. I have to figure out what do they look like when they're thinking. So I had a college kid yesterday. He plays uh, club tennis. 
And when he gets, he's a big kid. He's like six, two. I mean, it's a rough one. <laughs> it's like, right. When you teach it all day, you're like, Oh, it's a three o'clock lesson. <laughs> I hope I'm stretched. Here we go. Right. And on his backhand, he's got a two ended backhand and he, his, um, his bottom hand, he's like death gripping the racket and he's like jerking up with it. Like he pulls up when he should be on certain, not all shots, it's wrong, but like on other certain shots where he could be hitting out, he's trying to hit up on it. So, and And, also, but let's not gloss over that. When you say death gripping the racket, what you mean is- I need need a chisel to get it out of his hand. And the reason that that's bad is because- Well, he's stopping his elastic energy and he can't swing out. It's like he's he's trying uh, to push uh, with the top hand. Slow, slow, slow. He's pushing with the top hand. Uh-huh. Um, which is rotating, loose. He's rotating his shoulders and pushing with his top hand <laughs> for two in the backhand. He might have an eastern, semi-western grip. Uh-huh. He's got a continental grip with the bottom hand. And as he's trying to push, he's squeezing as tight as he can, and his arm is locked on the right. So where is he going? Nowhere. But, so then as a default, he just jerks the racket straight up with his arm, right. and he like frames so it. So you still said all this way too fast, and okay. that's why I'm laughing at you. Okay. So That was slow for me, though. <clears throat> so the first thing is the death gripping of the racket is bad because it's not just stopping elastic energy, but it also can create injury, right? Oh, yeah. Okay. So it's it's a cause of, am I right, tennis elbow? Oh, and... Verklemptness is like the worst. Yeah, absolutely. Well, but okay, but let's take it one step at a time. So when you say death gripping the racket, basically he's clutching onto it for dear life, as if he's drowning, and this is his life preserver. Which means he's hit enough bad backhands that there's a ton, a ton of anxiety. So, so hold on. So people do that. People do that. It can cause injury. It also causes crummy performance. You are supposed to hold on to the racket, obviously. <laughs> Otherwise, it goes flying. But you are to keep a what would you say a what would, what's the opposite of the death grip the per, the preferred grip? I mean, it obviously depends on the shot you're making, but just to give people an idea, I I prefer a relaxed hand. Okay, a relaxed hand, right? So it's loose. You showed my kids, and they still have not forgotten that where they can hold out the racket and you can pull it out of their hand. Now, other coaches, this, this is what coaches always do. Right, here we go. Well, there are times when you squeeze. Yes, I know there are times when you squeeze the racket. I got yeah, yeah. it. Well, yes. you taught my kids. And, yeah. Right, so again, this is where you get into like. No, no, no. I'm doing this for the benefit of the audience. I'm not doing no, this. No, no, I know, but I'm, I want to address this. I'm not criticizing you. Right. I'm saying, but this is what people do. When you're trying to work on something in a class. Oh, and here's an example. This said years ago. I don't work with this person anymore. And I was explaining a shot that was a mid-court shot over on the do side. And I, and I was teaching the class, hey, I want you to take that to the outside uh, for a winner. And the coach was like, "That's no, you, you always go down the line on that. You always go down on the line. And I, and I looked at him and I go, always. Now, now, he called me out in front of the class. So I said, well, c- can, I ask, can I ask you a question? What if the player that you took over out wide to the deuce to the deuce side the player that you took that you took out over to the deuce side miss hit the ball 
It lands back short in the kill zone, midcourt on the other deuce side, and that person then overcompensates and books as fast as they can. You have an opportunity to wrong foot them and end the point. Why wouldn't you take that? Why wouldn't you take, you just don't, right? So, so what happens is this thing of like, every, again, everything's, everything's black and white till it's not. Everything is, um, well, well, you do squeeze the racket. I'm not saying don't squeeze the racket. We get, right? It's an, I, and, I, and I want everybody, like it's, it's like these lies of omission where he was death gripping the racket to the point where it doesn't move. Right. There is no flexibility. There's no anything. And he's, and, 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 but more importantly, he's anxious about hitting the backhand right. because for whatever reason, that's his quote unquote weakest stroke. So well, well, hold on. No, 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 and he's anxious about hitting it. You, you were talking about anxiety. So that's the next. So thing. that's creating the tension. That's creating the tension. So he's, so he's has anxiety about hitting it because he knows it's not where it's supposed to be or where he'd like it to be. Meaning he doesn't have the skill yet to be able to freely hit it. And his thinking face is when he mishits it, he puts his hand up to me, turns his back and walks to the back. So it's very obvious. Wow. Holy cow. And then that's he a strong message. And, and then when he comes back, he get, um, he gives me like the, the come sign with his fingers like here right. i'm good bring it on over and we, he's actually a quiet guy he's very kind of reserved you're not offended by that that's good no 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 not at all that, some no, coaches might be, they might be no not at all that's yeah. that's how he processes right but, but i've always i've known him for years and i'm very fond of him he's a great kid right uh, young man now i mean geez um but the minute he hits it he's not turning in anger or right. or even frustration right he now recognizes what it is and he's like oh it's, i can feel it and and so like yes yesterday we actually had a lesson he was he would turn and then he he puts his hand up he walks away comes back and he's like okay i'm good i'm good bring it and then he would get it a couple times but this has been a progression of getting identifying that that he's this hard on the racket but now he knows and, I, and i'll say and the whole lesson now is do you know what it is and he'll He'll he's like, he'll hold up his right hand. He's like, it's it's this. I got it. I don't need to say I don't need to say anything. Right. Like like I I two lessons ago we got to that point, so I don't need to keep badgering him in the lesson saying it's your right hand. It's your right. Like <laughs> I don't need to or Rodeo's owners. He's he's twenty. He knows what he's doing at this point. I helped him get there. Now I need to just get create the situation in which he has to use it. And then it's up to him at this point to, to kind of figure it out. And if he approaches me in the lesson and says, hey, Sully, I feel like it's really loose, actually. I don't, I don't feel like that's an issue. Do you see something else going on maybe? Now, I'm ready for the next piece of the puzzle. Right. Then, okay. Let's, I, I, th I think maybe you're, um, I don't think you're setting up correctly. Well, now that's a foot, footwork issue. But... If I don't account for the processing, and as he's turning around thinking, I go, hey, you're not setting up correctly. <laughs> right. And then he's like, what? You're not setting up correctly. Right. Then he goes back again. But we had just said that now he's supposed to be not up. death now you've gripping. you've up, and you've overridden the thing that he's still trying to process. 
Oh, oh, and then the next time he turns around, like, no, no, but you, you pulled your head up, actually, so you don't have total so now fixation. you've added a third layer to the right. first layer that he was really trying to process. And now you've you've clouded over. You've pulled. hey, you're you're still you're still too tight with the right. Nope, you didn't set up right. He's either. got a fire burn. Hey, you didn't you set up right. You're too tight, and you moved your head. Yep. You, you did all three things wrong. Right. He's you did a, all three things. He's wrong. got an intellectual or an emotional fire burning, and you're basically throwing dirt on it, trying to trying to snuff it out. What did I tell you? You're right. too tight. You moved your head, and you didn't set up right. <laughs> right, right. Can you can you fix those? Right. And now here's the other thing that's the problem. You you can laugh at it, but here's the other thing that's oh, the I'm problem. I'm not laughing at it. Well, you're create the, the coach is unknowingly creating not just mental confusion, but emotional confusion and emotional frustration. Because now all of a sudden you're pointing out all these other things that he's doing wrong. So now you're compounding it. So where the kid might have come in thinking, eh, you know, I'm not bad at this. I'm not bad at that. <laughs> now all of a sudden, but I really need to work on this backhand this backhand approach shot, and I really need to do that. But what you've done is by piling this stuff on, now the kid is actually feeling, or the player, whoever it is, is actually feeling worse about themselves than when they came in. And they're like, God, I got a ton to, you know what? I suck. What am I doing? This is terrible. How come I can't advance? You know, blah, blah, blah. When instead, if you just back off and you're like, you just sit there with them during the struggle while they struggle as long as you know they're struggling and you you can make a comment every now and then, you know what I mean? How did, Or ask a question, how'd that feel? But you see that they're working. I think that that's an important thing to say here is that at some point you see as a coach that they're working with you, that you're both working together as opposed to this this... I think that's what gets lost in a lot of these lessons is that I'm me coach, you player, we're going to keep working, right? And we're going to keep doing this and I'm going to keep coaching you. I'm going to keep telling you what you're doing wrong. I'm going to keep, I got to keep it out there that I'm your coach. I'm your coach. I'm your coach. So I'm your coach. Oh yeah. You got to change that. Oh, I changed this. Oh, I got to, I'm your coach. In other words, I'm always saying to you, I'm your coach. Right. And I think you feel like this, not you, but I think coaches can feel like this need or this sense that I've got to keep doing this or I'm not the coach <laughs> or something has changed here or the relationship has changed. And, you know, what you're suggesting here is, is that you're seeing he's got to work on this one thing. You are not talking and you're waiting to see and he's processing and you're giving him that space to be able to think this through and to struggle. And you're by if I may, what I think we're saying here is by you not saying anything, you're aiding in his struggle. You're trying to help him get through his struggle. But if you comment and you keep piling stuff on, you're actually thwarting his ability to struggle and therefore thwarting his ability to learn. And even though you think you're helping because you're adding all these things, you're actually thwarting or stopping his ability to really struggle to it, 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 it's the equivalent of you tell somebody who hasn't really swam to swim from one end of the pool to the other. And let's pretend the pool is 20 feet deep the whole way. 
and you sit there and you throw them and they jump in the pool willingly and they're going to swim. And what you do in your instance is you're like letting them struggle. And then they come back to the, the wall and they're like, I don't know if I can make it all the way. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try. They come to the wall and they keep trying. And, they, and then you see them swim out a little bit more and they struggle and they, and they start taking water. And, and you, you're like, okay, well, they're taking water, but you know they're trying. So then they swim back and then they swim a little bit more and you keep letting them struggle versus talking over them and saying this stuff all the time, which is the equivalent of throwing out the life preserver and saying, it's just five feet away from you. If you just swim to that, then I'll get you to the- No, it's not one life preserver. You threw them five and, right? And it's right. like, oh, which one do I grab? Right. There's, you only need one right now. Great analogy. You only need one life preserver. And that is the thing you're working on. You throw them five life preservers, which one do you pick? And did I pick right now? You create confusion. Well, is this the right life preserver? Is this going to get me to the side? Is this not? Do I even try even use a life preserver? I don't even know. Maybe I should drown myself right now because this is killing me. <laughs> but, but hold on. So the, without the struggle, there is no satisfaction. Hence, there's no accomplishment. Well, I said that wrong. <laughs> without the struggle, there's no accomplishment. Hence, there's no satisfaction. Struggle, accomplishment, satisfaction equals fun. Fenuggling. Fenuggling is fun and struggle. So when you fenuggle, you have, I say it one more time, you have struggle, which will lead to accomplishment, which will lead to satisfaction, which will equal enjoyment and fun. There's your equation. Now, to overcome the struggle, your thing his would be tension and getting that arm to relax and, and working that out. He knows it. You're not even talking about foot positioning. I'm not talking about anything. Or shoulder it's or just, anything. It's just, just. I just want to be clear. clear. And we, we, we had given some techniques like exhaling, exhaling on the hit, not grunting, just blowing out. Right. We talked about like mm -hmm. actually doing like the Rod Laver cert, like where you actually just basically barely have your hand on. And a lot of times he'll hit it. He was working on hitting it as a left-handed forehand choked up and he ripped it. And that's when he was like, yeah, it's totally tension. And I said, okay. So, so if that took 59 minutes and he got to, oh, yeah. Got it. it. It's 100% my right arm on, on this particular shot. Yes. Great. That was that, that, that last minute, that last minute, that 59th minute where he had that epiphany was worth the cost of the lesson. And he struggled through that entire it's thing. It's interesting how you see this because there's, I think there's some coaches among us that would be like, that would be like, well, yeah, I told you that 58 minutes ago, you idiot. But They're thinking that. Because you're taking away their account for processing. Right. I'm just, I'm playing devil's advocate here to right, try right, to, right, right, because right. I think there's going to be coaches out there that are like, well, I told you that 58 minutes into it, you didn't want to listen, blah, blah, blah. But oh, that's the see, journey. See, that's I, the journey they needed to go on. See, I mm -hmm. told you make somebody feel stupid. So if he didn't get it in that lesson and it went to another lesson, there's nothing wrong with that. 
because that's the processing. But I think this is a message that you have to, that coaches need to get across to their students that you're going to go on a journey each time you're going to go on a journey and the journey is going to involve some struggle. Isn't that right? I mean, isn't oh, yeah. it? <clears throat> well, you say that obviously, but I don't think we're doing it. <laughs> that's the point. You're showing up at a lesson and it's kind of like showing up <laughs> to a New York, a New York diner. What do you have? Uh, I'll get the three eggs over easy with the bacon and the toast, uh, no butter on the toast and, uh, a coffee. Okay. Coming right up. Hey, Charlie, number four. Okay. Got it. Whipping it up. They'll be there in five minutes. It's not that. No, it's welcome. You're going to have to make your own breakfast. The fridge has a bunch of stuff in it. There's tools, oh, there's tools and there's and you've stuff never the cracked counter, eggs and before stove. and you've never cracked eggs before. Right. There's stuff there. Good luck. Here's what you, here's what I want. Three eggs over easy with toast, bacon on the side, you know, whatever. The, everything is there. You've got to now put it together. It's going to be a journey. You're going to get eggshells in the eggs. <laughs> I still do that. Okay. You're going to, you're going to burn the bacon or whatever. You're going to undercook or overcook the toast. You're going to, whatever. It's the journey that you're going to take. It's that struggle that you're going to take doing it. But as a result of doing it, you'll be better off for it. So we got to do a better job of selling the journey. But, you no, see the but, point? You, but after you sell it, yeah, you have to do it. You can't say, oh, listen, it's we're going to do one thing at a time. How do you ready? How do you process or identifying how they, how do you learn? Then identifying how they process and then building your lesson around their processing, not around your process. Oh, this is too hard. I just want to feed some balls. I just want to feed some balls. <laughs> I'm joking. I don't want to do that. I'm just saying, but you could see how people would be listening to this. Like you guys are insane. You're insane. No, but this it's but ready. You talk about that. We've talked about the hidden barrier. There are hidden ties that develop when you're like, I'm not really sure why I like coming, but it feels good when I'm around. This is good energy for me. Well, and these little, oh, these, so it's these a are, subtext. These are invisible that your people are picking up on. I think so. And they're invi they're invisible. These hidden invisibilities, right? It's it's there's hidden barriers like the the emotional barrier um, being you know a hidden barrier is when you don't realize that you're a will to knower with a will to conquer, or you're a will to conquer person with a will to knower, and you don't realize why you're not jiving. It's not working well, right? These are. Aren't they hidden benefits? If we have uh, hidden barriers, we have hidden benefits. Oh, yeah, the hidden bees, true? the hidden bees. Yeah, isn't that true? Benefits and barriers. Yeah, absolutely. So, so the so the benefit here is that it goes back to what you were saying that the struggle doesn't seem like a benefit. I'll just say that. <laughs> it right, right. We want to end the struggle as quickly as possible for our kids and for ourselves because it's uncomfortable. But so the struggle doesn't seem like a benefit. But what we have to do is sell what you get from going through the struggle, which is this accomplishment and the joy and the satisfaction and the joy, right? With nothing we're, else exists without it. But we're not, we're not doing that. We've, we've we sold the easy button. You remember that commercial, the easy yeah, button, of hit course. the easy button. Of we course. don't want to hit the easy button. I think I have an easy button still. We, we don't, do you actually have an easy button? Yeah, I had Don't hit the easy button. button. No, no. But so, but what, what we're saying here is there's hidden benefits. That's really what we're saying is that, that, that these are hidden benefits, but 
because they come hard or whatever, they're not considered a benefit. We've and, taken and the they're benefits. unspoken, but they're unspoken because when you create space, there's quiet. So wait a second. I want to get at this because this is really now. I, okay, go. So go, go. we've valued. So in other words, we have valued something else above that. Not just easy. There's something else there. Is okay. it easy? What have we valued? In other words, we've we've clearly, as a society or whatever, we've placed a higher value on something else versus the accomplishment, the the satisfaction. Those don't hold much value anymore. There's something else that holds value. It's getting to the. Is it the win the loss? Is it the I got to the thing? Is, isn't that what's the book uh race to nowhere isn't there a book called race yeah to there nowhere? is there is and it's like we're 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 racing to like this idea of artistry and mastery we're like we're racing to be really good at something right but then once and then and then what what what's did, the did, but so done maybe that's what we're we're, we're, we're valuing done we're valuing done Maybe it's the checklist thing. We're, in other words, I, and I don't know. Maybe that's I don't, right. I don't know. But, the, but do you see what I'm saying? What yeah. I'm saying is we've clearly valued something else because we're willing to pass up on the struggle. We're, we're willingly saying, no, 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 no. We got to help. We got to help you. We got we to gotta do this. We got we to gotta crutch you. We've got to give you this implement. We've got to give you this thing, this ability to do this. We've, we've got to soft talk it. We can't. We can't use harsher words or we can't do this because people will get offended or this will be, it will make, that will make it too difficult because they're working with somebody who's demanding or we're going to crutch them because this is going to be too hard or we've got to maybe make it a little bit easier with a different pressure ball or we've got to make it easier with a shortened court or we've got to make it easier with a racket, you know, whatever. And I know there's certain reasons for some of this and I'm not trying to get into that whole thing, but what I am saying is, is that we've clearly at some level devalued exactly what you're talking about here, which is the struggle. We've devalued everything that you just valued. Do you know that we've devalued the struggle completely, completely because we're trying to do the easy and we're trying to crutch. But then we've also unknowingly devalued accomplishment and satisfaction because, because what we've said is no, 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 no. You can get that accomplishment and that satisfaction without having to do all this other stuff. You can hack your way through it, but it's a false sense of accomplishment. It's a false sense of satisfaction because it's not the true accomplishment and satisfaction that one feels when one has gone through this intense struggle. And then, right. And Isn't that the case? Yeah. Well, and, the, and then I think there's this false thing that you look at somebody else. Oh, they're really talented. Because you tried to speed your way towards something or thought maybe you, you should get steps it, or maybe you should get it quicker and there was something wrong with you because you didn't get it quicker. Right. But actually your internal commentator you, was going. Yes. And you didn't do it slow enough. Actually, you tried to go too fast. And the person that actually put the time in, I mean, I'll be honest with you. I see this with my kids. My kids do not, but they'll do it. But I, every time I'm like, listen, we got to go fat. We got to go slow before we can go fast. 
And they're like, no, I want to hit it hard. I just want to hit it hard. And they want to emulate. They want to get to that level and they want to emulate. And so it's a real balance when we practice because at a certain level, I, I'm trying to say, look, you need to go slow. By going slow, you'll develop your skill sets and then speeding it up and then going fast. And they'll do it, but they just want to hit hard. And I don't blame them. That's that energy. It's that drive. They want to finish. They want to be done. They want to reach that, attain that level. And it's not that they want to skip all that hard work. It's just that it's the struggle. And it's and, and they don't necessarily, It's the struggle is ugly. But then you have to help them with the struggle with their processing. So ready? So let's say they are, I'm going to say this. We then have to help. We say, hey, this is going to be a struggle. This is difficult. Then we identify the, the, their, their thinking phase, their processing phase. But if we keep bombarding them with external commentary, we're, we're, we're circumnavigating that, that, that we're pulling them away from that. We're deterring them from their processing, which is saying, you're not getting this fast enough. You're not getting this fast enough. You're not getting this fast enough. So then you're shutting them down. We have to take into account if we're saying we're on board with the struggle. And then once they start struggling, if we're thinking they're not getting it fast enough, What is that? That doesn't make any sense. It makes zero sense. So, hey, this seems like they're struggling with this. I can see that they're thinking about it. I'm going to keep my mouth shut as the coach. They're, and we're going to sit on this until they to the point where they'll say, can we just move on to something? I'm just, I just need a break from this. Sure, let's do it. And we'll revisit this, revisit this next week. That's fine. Or can I get a drink? The, the drink is the actually not a drink because you've not, now been you've now been rethinking that haven't you right they walk away it's to give a break it's, you've it's been a mental that break. Yeah, you, you were you were you were all it. over the water you're a water uh, uh, you're a water break hater but but and I and I I agreed with you but then I I, I I thought about it in the scope of what you were saying and I, now I'm like wait a second maybe they maybe I don't know you have to ask your students maybe they're using that as an opportunity to process I think they are. You might be right. And they I think, think they right, can't yeah. say it, but I'm not sure. But I but I think this this was super helpful because you know we have basically said as a society from a mindset perspective, and this leaks onto the tennis court, that you can get that sense of accomplishment and satisfaction much easier. And we invented pickleball. <laughs> yeah, and we invented paddle. I mean, am I wrong? No, I don't, I don't know. In other words, you can get that sense of satisfaction much easier. Because it's slower. It's smaller. We're bringing down the struggle. We're, we're, and I've always said that. It's like it goes from tennis to paddle to pickle. Oh, I didn't know. Is that the, is that the, this, is the, that the lower archy? For me, it is. It's I didn't know. Because it yeah. the, l less, the less mobility and athletic prowess you have, you, right? You, you move down, right? Because the ball moves very fast on a tennis court, which means you need to move fast. You need to anticipate. You need to get your, you need to be fully engaged. And right. Listen, I like paddle. I like pickleball. I'm not, I love games, but you do not bring the same level of physical Dude, intensity. I, I have to laugh because I think about all the coaches that I didn't have a ton, but the coaches I've had were always, they were always like, keep their eye on the ball. And then my internal commentator would go off and I would judge myself like, wow, I'm just a super loser. I don't keep my eye on the ball. Okay. So my kids are serving it to me at like 
they're hard when they're when they're going man they're going 60 70 miles an hour those balls are coming and i'm like i don't look at the ball at all right i mean and i anticipate and i know where it is and my racket it, it's coming way too fast for me to be like, oh, look, there's the ball. It's been served, and now it's coming over, and I'm going to bring my racket back, and I'm going to hit it just at the sweet spot, and boom, I hit it at this. It's coming like, whoosh am and, and I'm like, and I'm just like sticking my racket out. It's there, and I nail it. And I'm like, and I'm no longer wowed by that, but I am in perspective, in retrospect, thinking to myself, wow, I was so harsh on myself. So harsh on because myself. Because your brain is picking because up I had so this many idea, things. But I had this idea from the coach that I'm a failure because I'm not keeping my eye on the effing ball. And I'm like, dude, you're not keeping your eye on the ball and the ball's coming that fast. I am, my brain is doing massive calculations very Correct. quickly. But you know what? And I'm not blaming the coach. I'm just saying. No, but the coach gave you the easy button answer. Keep your eye on the ball, which really means keep your head still, right? We talked about this. Yeah. Right. We talked about- We need a show just on the head. Well, we need to talk about total fixation versus partial fixation, right? And that's a whole other thing. And and the effect of head movement on balance and and how that impacts a player's performance, which is massive- but there's a coach hitting the easy button for you versus taking the time to explain how we watch a ball with our peripheral vision versus our central vision and, and all that. It just, that, that, that to me is not a good coach. Keep your, when, the minute I hear keep your eye on the ball, you know what, there we go. We're going to go right to the, the easiest thing I could possibly say. Or here's one, top spin. So low to high, touch the sky, t- lots of topspin is the answer apparently to everything in tennis and keep your eye on the ball. You know, to be fair, I think a lot of those things were invented, not just for the easy, but I think they were, there were complicated things around it. And I think that they had good intentions when they said those things. I don't think they had bad intentions, but I think what's changed over time is we've come to realize that that, that doesn't tell the whole story. And that at some level it handicaps people because, because they're, they're now judging themselves on false, on false guidelines. Like, oh God, I'm not doing what he told me to do, but it's a false guideline. Can I, can I interrupt for one quick yeah, second? Of and we got to wrap this up. Yeah. But in order, right, it started that way with these guidelines, but in order to take, to actually give the whole story, what do you need? I don't know what time. Oh, oh yeah. Right. Time to explain it. Right. And not feel rushed or pressure as right. a coach. Right. Two. So the shorthand of keep your eye on the ball need, needs to disappear and we need to get better into explaining why. And then two, you need them to process. So you need time to explain and then the time to process. So if you need time to explain it, don't they need the time to process it? And you just had 20 years of coaching to process it. And you just gave them five minutes to hear it. And now you expect them to process it. All they did was hear it. But let's be clear. That's what, not what processing. You, let's be clear what you mean on processing. What do you mean on processing? To actually digest what was said and at some point recognize in their game or what they're doing at some moment that they're like, oh, that's what the coach was saying. I get it now. Now that's the understanding and the processing of it. 
Then there's the application of it. That's a whole other thing. So hearing it, one, in processing, understanding it, two, step three, application. Hear it, process it, application. Yeah. I mean, it's, so I, I don't, that's how I look at it. No, it's huge. And I mean, you've got to, but, but when you do that, and, and so let's just take this to its ultimate conclusion. Let's say you have a student. This is great to say, I know. But let's just say you have a student that is hearing it, right? You, you think they've heard it. Are you looking at the visual cues? You, you think they've heard it. Yes. Because I, Here, I just want to take this to its ultimate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're getting reaction and you're having to interpret as it a coach. It seems like they're intrinsically motivated and paying attention. Yes. So, 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 so they get there. Okay. If they're not hearing it, what do you do? You go back and you say, you reiterate your point. Or I might say that this is not the time for this. So you're completely going to table it and move on. Okay. We'll come back to this. Let's say they get from the hearing it to now the understanding. Now are you interpreting the understanding? I'm looking. Yes. How are you interpreting the understanding? Just briefly. Through the through the thinking face. Through the through, thinking through face. Through the way they're reacting. Uh, oh, look, they're they're trying to move their body in what we talked about. Or they're 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 turning away and walking to the back of the court and then coming back saying, okay. And no. let's assume they don't give you the thinking face. Are you tabling it again? Yes. I'm moving on. Something okay. Else. You're moving on. Yeah. Okay. It's not the time. Let's say you get from the hearing and you get the thinking face, but now they're, what do you tell? How can you tell if they're applying it again by the shot? Now by the shot, you no longer, you've moved from the thinking face to the actual, movement or the they're, shot they're responding to the way the ball hits the, the, the so now that you can see they're they're kind of moving through you, i can see the link that it's there that they were trying to work on in right the, whatever the technique was and now it's like they're trying to make it work in the context of hitting the ball right so they're right so there's like okay here and even if the movements are junk clunky or junky you matter. can see through all of that correct you have the vision to see through that now again i go back to the thing i'm always asking so then if you get through to this application phase but they're struggling they're not getting it or they're frustrated or whatever do you table it or what do you do what's your final thing there? it depends on them okay do you want to move on or can, can we sit in this? I usually say, can we sit in this? And they're like, yeah, sure. Or they'll say, yeah, can we just, can we do something else? I'm like, sure, let's just hit whatever. So then, your brain a break. So then brain and, break. and this will bring coaches all the way full circle. So then let's say you stopped at any one of these stages. Are you then, you're going to make a mental note of that. So the next time they come into a lesson. Oh yeah, I keep, they keep the files in my head. No, 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 but you're going to come back to that point. Yes. At which you left off. Correct. And you'll revisit it and be like, hey, last time we worked on this technique, I think you heard me, but I don't really think you heard me. Or I think you understood me, but I didn't see your thinking face. Or I saw your thinking face, but I think you got frustrated and you didn't want to apply. So that's how you would, that's how you'd approach it. Because I think this has been helpful for coaches to think this through. That's exactly what I would do. Wow, I listened to you. You rocked my body. Dude, you rocked my body. See ya. Tennis Rockers. Bye.